Every morning on his drive to work, Dawood Kutab turns the FM dial to 92.5. Radio Al Balad. That's the station he helps run in Amman, Jordan. I'm a Palestinian journalist living in Jordan. I helped start up different media outlets and I'm running. Dawood runs that radio station and a news site, among other things, and he's a bit of a media mogul in Jordan. It's uh, public service news, it's alternative music, it's uh, commentary. Um, yeah, we do we do a lot of things that you guys do in, in NPR. Dawood tends to focus on the people and the issues that often get overlooked or even avoided in Jordan. Um, we give a lot of airtime to marginalized groups, who are Syrian refugees, disabled men and women. We even have a taxi driver who runs a, a radio show for taxi drivers. A taxi driver who runs a radio show for taxi drivers. And while Daoud covers things other Jordanian media doesn't, he still has to stay within certain bounds. There are a lot of restrictions on the media. We're bound by not doing anything to anger a fellow neighboring country or anything that would shake people's confidence in the currency and the king is immune by by constitution so we cannot criticize the king on on radio which means being a journalist in jordan can be a little tricky i'm not political in that sense of being taking sides i really do follow the the principles of of neutrality in journalism and i just want to get information and make sure people know the information Anybody who doesn't like facts and information, they might think I'm their enemy. And one of the things he published recently threatened to do just that, to make him an enemy of the Jordanian government. And it turns out he became the target of a high-tech surveillance program in Jordan that is now just getting international attention. From Recorded Future News, I'm Dina Temple-Raston. And this is Click Here a podcast about all things cyber and intelligence. We tell true stories about the people making and breaking our digital world. And today, a story about the use of spyware against civil society. A report from Access Now released last week revealed a staggering use of spyware against journalists, human rights workers, and political activists in Jordan. Some three dozen individuals there have been targeted in just the past few years, making it one of the most widespread spyware programs ever discovered in the kingdom. And Daoud Kutab, he was one of the people who was targeted. Stay with us. If you're looking for a daily guide to cybersecurity news and policy, sign up for the Cyber Daily from Recorded Future News. It serves up the day's most interesting and important cyber stories from our sister publication, The Record, and then aggregates all of the big cyber stories you might have missed from news outlets around the world. Just go to therecord.media and click on Cyber Daily to get all you need to know about the world of cybersecurity right in your inbox.
Hi, I'm Ben Mankiewicz. On this season of The Plot Thickens, we're exploring the world of renegade movie director John Ford. Ford was a living legend, a cinematic giant, and also a notorious egomaniac who could unload on actors. You'll hear from the best of them, John Wayne, Jimmy Stewart, even Ricardo Montalban. Find out how Ford's legacy survives his personal demons. The Plot Thickens, Decoding John Ford, hosted by me, Ben Mankiewicz. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. There are lots of things that make Radio Balad different from other media outlets in Jordan. For one thing, it's independent. It's run by an NGO called Community Media Network. And it's the Hashemite Kingdom's first community radio station, created to serve the kind of local audiences that mass media broadcasters tend to ignore. The top two radio stations in Jordan? They're owned by the armed forces and the national police. That's Dawood on the air. He's also the network's founder and director. The community media network is unusual in the region in that it has a kind of good housekeeping seal of approval from an organization called Reporters Without Borders. Reporters Without Borders is based in Paris and promotes and defends the freedom of expression around the world. And it's certified Dawood's community network as an outlet that provides unbiased, trustworthy reporting. So we're very proud of our truthfulness, our professionalism. and um, Running an unbiased you know, news outlet is harder than it sounds if you're living in Jordan. So, uh, Jordan is relatively uh, open society. Uh, in the neighborhood and countries in the neighborhood were, if you will, much better, but we're in the, certainly nothing like Europe or, or America in terms of the freedoms. And because Dayoud has been working there as a journalist for decades, he knows where the lines are drawn, though sometimes he gets a little chalk on his cleats. Take the time back in 2021 when there was this huge leak of 12 million financial documents that basically outed where influential people around the world were stashing their money. The so-called Pandora Papers show how world leaders, powerful politicians, billionaires, celebrities, religious leaders shield riches from taxes, probes and accountability. No one seems to know who released the Pandora Papers, but what they revealed was jaw-dropping. Everything from where Putin's inner circle has been parking money, to former British Prime Minister Tony Blair's real estate purchases, to, and this is what caught Dawood's eye, the names of dozens of shell companies linked to Jordan's King Abdullah. The companies appeared to be part of a scheme by the royal family to hide $100 million in luxury properties in the U.S. and U.K., so one of Dawood's editors decided to publish a story about it. And it didn't take long for Dawood to receive angry text messages from the press guy at Jordan's General Intelligence Department. He wanted Dawood to take the story down, and Dawood responded by saying, In today's world, you cannot keep bad news away. The best way to deal with a bad story is to present your own story and try to hope that it will not, you know, go viral. He offered to let the royal family tell their side of the story. They didn't oblige. Instead, another official threatened to pull one of Dawood's radio licenses if the story wasn't taken down. So Dawood felt like he had no choice. 
he spiked the story. And then he kind of doubled down. He wrote an article about this whole censorship episode for Foreign Policy magazine, and he titled it, How Jordan Censors Journalists. And this is when things got strange for Daoud. Not long after his foreign policy article ran, he was detained at the airport. It was very unusual. I've never been stopped at any airport. They took me to a, a police room and they said, please wait. And I waited and then... Um, I called, they said, if you have relatives uh, that can bail you out, please call them. I did. And uh, I was uh, stopped uh, a total of two hours. And it might have been longer, but for one thing. People tweeted what happened to me, and all of a sudden, they realized what happened, and like they got calls, and all of a sudden, they came to me and said, where are your relatives? Why aren't they bailing you out? We're ready to let you go. Still, Dawood couldn't shake the feeling that something was off, particularly because he couldn't figure one thing out. If he was being targeted by the government, how did they know about his travel plans? And how did they have all the paperwork drawn up to detain him at the airport? So he let a friend of his, who worked in cybersecurity, take a look at his phone, just to check if maybe something was on there that shouldn't be. And that's when things became a little clearer. The friend called him up and said, Did you know uh, that your phone was infiltrated? And he said, you know, the date is like two weeks before you were arrested. Infiltrated. They meant his phone had spyware on it. And that spyware had been dropped on his phone two weeks before he was stopped at the airport. His phone had been infected with a brand of commercial spyware that appears to be just about everywhere these days. It's called Pegasus. The power of Pegasus is well known. It gives whoever planted it a kind of spy in your pocket. It can listen to calls, gobble up emails and texts, even turn on the phone's camera. And Pegasus has been found not just in Jordan, but on phones all over the world. And it's turning out with the biggest spying scandal in cyber history. We have been... A list of more than 50,000 phone numbers. This includes activists, journalists... Having hacked using this Pegasus spyware, should we be afraid nobody is, is safe at this time? Pegasus is a particularly nefarious kind of spyware because people targeted by Pegasus don't even have to click on anything to install it. Pegasus and similar spyware uses what are called zero-click exploits. That's John Scott Railton. He's a senior researcher at the Citizen Lab at the University of Toronto's Monk School. He's been researching Pegasus since it emerged in 2016. And what he finds most disturbing about it are those zero-click exploits. The zero-click exploit, you wouldn't see anything. You wouldn't get a text message or an email. Your phone would just be uninfected one minute and then a spy in your pocket the next moment. It just finds some vulnerability on your phone and takes advantage of it in the background without you even knowing. Pegasus is considered so sophisticated, the New York Times Magazine dubbed it the world's most powerful cyber weapon. And John agrees. One minute, your phone is yours, filled with your private data, and the next minute, some autocrat, perhaps halfway around the world, is dumping your digital life out on the proverbial table. That's what's so scary about this technology. There's really nothing that a normal user can do to defend against it. 
If you ask NSO Group Technologies, the Israeli company that created Pegasus, they'd say they only sell it to nation-states for national security purposes. One of Pegasus's early adopters was Mexico. They used it to spy on the drug cartels and to help them roll up drug lords. NSO said that anyone using their spyware on civil society is doing so without their permission. They declined our request for an interview. John, for his part, says it would be naive to think Pegasus wouldn't be abused. But there's something about it, something about that temptation of total access to a person's innermost world on their phone that just makes it really, really, really prone to abuse. Back in 2017, John co-wrote the first real technical analysis on Pegasus spyware. And since then, it seems like almost every week we're hearing about Pegasus use somewhere in the world, not on terrorists or bad guys, but on civil society. Any security service that starts building secret and unaccountable cells and then equipping them with powerful and secretive hacking technology is at extreme risk of that technology being abused. It will be abused. It's just a question of when. Which brings us back to Daoud Kutab, the journalist who wrote that foreign policy article about censorship who runs Radio Balad. He doesn't know exactly who infiltrated his phone, but Citizen Lab says Jordan has been using spyware for almost a decade. And they've been able to trace Pegasus licenses to two customers in Jordan, though they didn't name them. And while Jordanian officials have denied using Pegasus, and Daoud says he can't prove that they have, he's pretty sure he knows what happened. They realized by listening to my phone that I was traveling and they made sure all the legal work is there to, to stop me. Daoud has suspicions because after publishing that article on censorship, he wasn't just getting stopped at the airport. His life started getting mysteriously more complicated in a lot of different ways. Certain things started to happen in, in my work, and all of a sudden grants that really were not controversial in any way. Uh, stupid excuses were being created to deny us uh, these grants. The different uh, things were happening bureaucratically, delays in, in paperwork, uh, uh, lawsuits are being raised against us for reasons that are not really serious. And uh, basically, there were signals that somebody's not happy with what we were doing. So it seems pretty clear Dawood was being watched. We don't know who did it. It was the Israelis, it was the Jordanians, it was the Europeans. I have no proof who did it. Was it somebody else listening to me that passed information to the Jordanians? I don't know. But as a new Access Now report revealed earlier this month, Dawood was far from alone. It documented spyware on the phones of 35 people from all levels of civil society in Jordan. People like this guy. My name is Adam Kugel, and I am a deputy Middle East director at Human Rights Watch. And I am also uh, the organization's representative in Jordan. Adam has been living in Jordan and documenting human rights abuses there for more than 11 years. And he recently discovered Pegasus on his phone, too. Uh, we have typically had a 
relatively adversarial relationship with the authorities, which is something that isn't surprising given the fact that we report on their human rights abuses. And because of that, I think that it's not terribly surprising that we or our staff would be targeted. In fact, it is something Human Rights Watch actually expects. They have protocols. People like Adam use a separate phone for work and keep work contacts out of their personal devices. So Adam was alarmed when he learned that someone targeted his personal phone with spyware. Uh, I was sitting at home and I got a text message from Apple saying, state-sponsored attackers are attempting to compromise your iPhone. It was March 2023, and Adam was relaxing after a day of work. Of course, he'd heard of Pegasus before. A few years earlier, a handful of human rights workers in Jordan were on the receiving end of it. But it hadn't really occurred to him that he might become a target. So he sent his phone to his InfoSec department to see if Apple was right, that someone was trying to compromise his phone. And we were able to confirm pretty quickly that the phone had been infected. Which, while it wasn't a shock, actually rattled him a bit. The idea that, you know, you were being directly targeted by a security apparatus of a country is a little bit, you know, unnerving, number one. Number two, you start to think about what was on my phone. You know, what was there? What could they have potentially gained access to? And you sort of, you know, that's a conversation that goes on in your head for a long time. In fact, both Dawood and Adam are named as victims of spyware in the Access Now report we mentioned earlier. According to the report, Access Now and Citizen Lab were able to document that at least 35 people in Jordan had been targeted with Pegasus spyware between 2019 and September 2023. Adam says he was surprised by the sheer number of people who were repeatedly in the crosshairs. When we come back, We'll explain how security services appear to be maximizing their Pegasus licenses and how Apple is helping ordinary people fend off the world's most powerful cyber weapon. Stay with us. Politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Ask any black hat or white hat hacker about the biggest challenge they face, and they'll all agree. It's about more than just breaking into someone's phone. Okay, so you've broken the lock, you've snuck in, but you now have to stay there, hidden away, for as long as you possibly can. This is Citizen Lab's John Scott Railton again. But today, spyware like Pegasus doesn't have the same problems with breaking in. As a result of this, an operator can reinfect the device whenever that device is doing something that's particularly interesting to them, or perhaps they have it on a regular schedule to pull logs from that device. There's one Rwandan human rights advocate we talked to who told us Citizen Lab confirmed that her phone seemed to be infected just before she went into meetings with high-ranking UN officials. A journalist in Mexico told us that Pegasus would appear on his phone after a big news story or before a big interview. And so it means that infection times and periods are really, in some cases, very useful signals 
to understand the timing can be really revealing in terms of understanding what's really going on and the motivations behind the surveillance. In its report, Access Now said the effort to plant spyware on the phones of ordinary people like Daoud was relentless. Between February 2022 and September of last year, Pegasus spyware successfully infected Dawood's phone three times. And the report documented seven other unsuccessful attempts between the spring and summer of last year. You know, local human rights defenders, local journalists and others, I think it's exponentially uh, worse as an experience for them than it was. For this is Adam Kugel of Human Rights Watch again. Uh, because, you know, for them, they aren't generally tied to organizations that have robust security policies and monitoring. You know, they probably had taken few, if any, precautions uh, going into this in order to minimize the risk of, you know, spyware attacks and, you know, other surveillance on their electronic devices. Access Now says forensic evidence suggests that the first attack on Adam's phone, just like Dawood's, wasn't coincidental. It actually happened two weeks after Human Rights Watch published a scathing report on increasing government repression in Jordan. And Access Now and Citizen Lab were able to find evidence of other attempts on Adam's phone and those of his colleagues after that. And the attempts might have been successful if Apple hadn't introduced something in the fall of 2022. Lockdown mode. Lockdown mode. Apple is launching a new lockdown mode for iPhones, Macs, and iPads that will provide extreme protection against hackers. Really, this is a very specific type of feature that Apple is releasing that will combat things like the NSO Group's Pegasus software. Apple says it built lockdown mode for a very specific audience, namely individuals who, because of who they are or because of what they do, might be targets of sophisticated digital threats. To activate it, you just have to toggle something, kind of like you do in an iPhone for airplane mode. And then it automatically blocks things Pegasus tends to leverage to get into your phone. Things like message attachments and FaceTime calls from strangers. It even stops invitations for various Apple services. And to protect your photos, lockdown erases location metadata in the ones you share. Adam uses lockdown mode all the time now. I have lockdown enabled on my U.S. and my Jordan phones. Uh, to me, uh, my phone functions completely normally. There are uh, certain things when you're surfing and browsing the web that look different, right? I am told by uh, some of my colleagues that online shopping is difficult. Which seems to be a small price to pay for some protection against military-grade spyware. To be sure, discovering Pegasus anywhere is worrisome. But with neighbors like Saudi Arabia and Syria, in the Middle East scheme of things, Jordan has always seemed to be a bit more open, a bit more tolerant. So to find spyware there is particularly troubling. And there are signs of more repression to come. In the summer of 2023, Jordan passed a strict cybercrime law that officials said was meant to stop the spread of disinformation and hate speech. But Dawood Kitab, the journalist we met earlier in the episode, says it's so vague anyone could accidentally run afoul of it. A cybercrime law says that if you publish fake news on purpose, you could go to jail and pay like $50,000 or something like that. <laughs> a huge fine and potential jail. 
The problem is, the law doesn't define what fake news actually is or how it should be defined in court. It targets speech that, quote, targets social peace or incites hatred, both of which are so broadly defined they could be used to clamp down on just about anyone. It even says that media companies are responsible for comments readers post about their articles. If I write a great story about how we have a great prime minister and then somebody says he's uh, a thief, you know, and I don't take it out of my comment section, then I'm guilty of a crime. The fact that this clapdown on speech is happening at the very same time as these newfound Pegasus attacks is having a chilling effect on journalists in Jordan, even Dawood. I never thought it would be that I would become my own self-censor, and that's really a problem. And it's not because I'm afraid uh, for myself. Yes, I'm a bit concerned, but what upsets me is that I'm being more careful because I'm trying to protect the media organization that I run and people that I are on the payroll. And when, when I'm punished, our whole organization is being punished. This is the problem with laws like this and spyware like Pegasus. Even if you're not being directly targeted, you're always wondering if you might be. Which means Pegasus doesn't even have to be on your phone to make its presence felt. This is Click Here. Here are some of the top cyber and intelligence stories of the past week. The Philippines government announced this weekend that hackers thought to be in China targeted a handful of government departments with a cyber attack. According to Philippine officials, the hackers targeted email addresses and government domains, including that of the Coast Guard, the Department of Justice, and the private website of President Ferdinand Marcos Jr., among others. Officials stopped short of blaming Beijing directly for the attacks, but this is the second round of hacks against the Philippines by Chinese-based hackers in as many years. The U.S. has issued sanctions against 60 Iranian government officials accused of being linked to a string of cyber attacks on water facilities that used Israeli industrial controllers. According to U.S. Treasury officials, the six are members of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps Cyber Electronic Command, and they're accused of deliberately targeting critical infrastructure. The six allegedly hacked into industrial controllers made by the Israeli Unitronics Group. The controllers maintain water pressure, control water treatment chemicals, and other critical processes. The U.S. added the six men to the Treasury's list of specially designated nationals, which publicly identifies people the U.S. government says are trying to threaten or undermine U.S. foreign policy or national security objectives. Treasury officials called the attacks, quote, unconscionable and dangerous, adding that the U.S. would, quote, not tolerate such actions and will use the full range of our tools and authorities to hold the perpetrators to account. And finally, after nearly six years, on Friday, Army General Paul Nakasone handed over the reins of U.S. Cyber Command and the National Security Agency to Air Force General Timothy Hawk. The transition comes as the U.S. is wrestling with a growing threat of cyber operations in this country and as the U.S. prepares for a national election that could be the target of sophisticated disinformation and hacking campaigns by Russia, China, and other adversaries. 
Nakasone was the driving force behind the so-called Defend Forward strategy, which, among other things, sent cyber hunt teams around the world to work with other nations to find adversaries in their networks before they got here to the United States. Click Here is a production of Recorded Future News. Dina Temple-Raston is the host and managing editor of the show. Sean Powers and me, Jade Abdulmalik, produce it. Karen Duffin and Lou Olkowski are our editors, and Lucas Riley is our staff writer. Darren Ancrum does our fact-checking. Ben Levingston composed the theme music and other original music you heard. We also use music from Blue Dot Sessions. Megan Goff is our staff illustrator. That's it for this week. We'll be back on Tuesday. Looking for more of the cybersecurity and intelligence coverage you get on Click Here? Then check out our sister publication, The Record, from Recorded Future News. You'll get breaking cyber news from reporters in New York, Washington, London, and Kiev, among others. And you'll see for yourself why it attracts hundreds of thousands of page views every month. Just go to the Record. Dot media.